0: Hello everyone, I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Hey loyal listeners, I'll be hosting this episode myself. I've been involved in software development for more than 25 years. I've started companies, led companies, and worked for companies doing many different things. I'm honored to be considered a leader in Alberta's innovation ecosystem, and I give back as much and as often as I can. When I'm not working or podcasting, you'll find me pursuing my passions of photography, crypto investing, and woodworking, along with the occasional round of golf. Join me now for a conversation with a super creative guy, my oldest son, Tony. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast for Rainforest Alberta. Today, I thought it would be really fun to have on my son, Tony, who is the one that edits all the podcasts for the Rainforest. And I thought it would be cool because he's a very interesting fellow in his own right. He's an author and photographer, and he does things like video editing and 3D rendering and stuff like that. So, Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. All right. Why don't you give the listeners a little bit of background
1: on what you've been doing, what your path has been like getting to where you are today? So I've always been kind of interested in writing stories. When I was in elementary school, I believe it was, Um, I would write little books using folded pieces of paper and then put them into the class library. And then all the kids would read them and then they wanted to start making their own books based on that. And then eventually the teacher liked the idea so much that she assigned it as a homework project for the whole class to write little books. And then, you know, I kind of progressed in that Uh, in middle school or no, it was in high school. I did. Drama class. And I kind of started to learn, you know, how to do acting and things. I originally wanted to be a film director, but I kind of changed my mind kind of recently. And I wanted to focus kind of primarily on just writing. And then I believe the first book I wrote, I wrote it in middle school, I think the latter part of middle school. And it was a screenplay first. And I took it to my father and he said, you should turn it into a book because, you know, a screenplay, you can't really do anything with it in the short term. And I had never written a book before, but I thought, okay, well, I'll give it a try and see what happens. And then I ended up writing a, you know, almost 800 page fantasy book and publishing it on Amazon. And that kind of kicked off everything yeah that was i mean you were
0: 16 at the time and i think it took you a couple years to write that book didn't it yeah it was two two or three years you kept rewriting it and rewriting sections and throwing it away like you 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 have no loyalty to the words you put on the paper because you would just delete everything and restart all over again which is which is like crazy but also sort of you know there's i have a lot of respect for that because you didn't like it. It wasn't good. So why keep it? (laughs) Yeah, well,
1: that's, you know, people say, oh, my first draft is, is so terrible and and whatever. And, you know, usually a first draft is pretty terrible. And you learn from each draft of the story. And if it's not up to par, then, you know, some people keep it around as like a memento. But I typically I just kind of trash it. <laughs> Tell the listeners a little bit about the other two books you
0: wrote and there was there was an audio play in there which I thought was really really fabulous the way you did that with people in the world. And so maybe you can talk a little bit
1: about that. So I'll start with the books. So the second one I wrote was a play, so a stage play. And I had done it originally because in my high school there was a one act play competition and my creative writing teacher suggested that i write one and submit it because sometimes they would take student written plays and so i wrote this story and i brought it to her and she said this is way too long you know this is <laughs> this is going to take a few hours probably to act out on a stage and i said well the story is more important to me than getting it you know into a little one act festival and so she said okay I will help you edit this because I like where it's going. And so she came or rather I came to her class with, you know, the drafts. And she would sit down with me and go over it and put little marks with her red pen and as if she was marking like a test or something. And all the other kids were, you know, doing whatever projects they were doing in the class they were supposed to be doing in the class. And I was sitting with the teacher. And she was marking my my writing. And so I didn't think I would publish that one. But then eventually I kind of, you know, I had it been a couple of years, I think, since I published The Plight of Steel, which is the first one. And I thought this is, you know, an interesting story. You know, people like JK Rowling, she published a play as a book. So I kind of took that idea and kind of did that. And then the third one, which is the most recent one, is a science fiction book. And that one was kind of based on an idea that I had like right after The Plight of Steel. So I had an image for the main character in my brain. And that kind of just stuck with me for all these years. You know, I was thinking I need to write another book. And then I went back to that image of that character and that story it wasn't you know where it needed to be it wasn't perfect so i kind of worked on it and workshopped it and had people read it and give me you know advice and things and then eventually i you know came up with a so it's i think it's almost 300 pages the book so that's yeah those are the three books that i've published so
0: far and and i don't think i told you this but like i really enjoyed this the series the the third book the science fiction book I, i actually actually Really enjoyed reading that one. Um not that I didn't like the play of steel, but it was a it was a slog getting through that sucker. <laughs> Especially for someone who doesn't read very much like me. And then th- talk about the audio
1: play and, and how you went about doing that. Yeah, so that was another script that came from high school. Um it was for the like final project of I think it was the drama class where we had to write a play and have the kids, have our students kind of act it out. And so I wrote something and it was, you know, my teacher said, wow, this is really good. I thought, oh, thank you. (laughs) And then I thought, yeah, it's it's quite meaningful to me as the writer. It's quite a personal kind of reflection in a way. And it's a little bit dramatized and kind of changed to be a little more cinematic and whatnot. But it's kind of a metaphorical reflection of the inner workings of my brain or whatever. And so what I did was I went onto to Facebook and I said, hey, I'm going to do an audio drama because this was during COVID because I had planned to do short films and those got derailed because of, of COVID. And so I found some actors on Facebook and they said, oh, yeah, we'll do this for free. And I thought, oh, hell yeah. So I gave them the script and I had them, well, I had them send me auditions and then I picked three actors, one a narrator and then two to play the actual characters. And then I recorded like a basically a Zoom meeting where we did readings of the script and i gave them little directions and things and then i compiled all of that in audition which is what i used to edit this podcast and i put in like music and sound effects and things like that and i made like a like a radio drama like you might have heard like in the 50s so that was the kind of idea i was going for it was a really really interesting
0: thing and and what a great experience over you know being being able to kind of pivot and do something over covid that that you you know everybody else maybe just sat around and did, did nothing and you said you know what i'm gonna figure something out and do this and i thought that was really clever let's talk a little bit about i mean this is the rainforest podcast let's talk a little bit about you know you've you've edited i don't know how many episodes like probably like a hundred at least you actually get to listen to every single episode because you're you're editing it you have to go through it maybe even more than once If i know for me when i was doing it it was it was at least twice what do you feel like when you hear the content and stuff? Does it does it just blend away because you're busy focusing on things or are you actually taking
1: in the content? I'd say a lot of the time, honestly, it's it sounds like a lot of um because I have to cut out all the ums. <laughs> you know, the stuff that people are talking about is quite fascinating. It's always something new every time. It's always someone with a new... Interesting idea that kind of makes me think, oh, that's interesting. Like there was a, there was someone on, I can't remember his name, but he was talking about recycling styrofoam. And, and I was thinking, wow, I didn't, I had no idea that that was possible. And it's, you know, that kind of informs me because I love to hear like little factoids about things and I'm always trying to learn little tidbits and, and new information every day. So it's, you know, and I hear something like that, that's, you know, people don't really know something like that. And then aside from that, it's like all the entrepreneurs and the, and the people in the different tech sectors of, of Calgary. It's, it's interesting to see like how things are progressing in that way. Going back,
0: I guess, to, you know, some of the things that you've done in the past, the plight of steel, the, the giant ginormous book, but you did some Really interesting stuff with that book. You had sort of like six stories all kind of playing at the same time, and now you've decided to sort of rethink that. And because it is such an epic idea, your your thoughts are that you're going to kind of rejig the whole thing and put a bunch of world building and and a bunch of other stuff sort of leading up to what the next book. uh, I think you're calling it the Evermore Compendium. And so can you talk a little bit? I'm, I'm not doing it justice, but maybe you could talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so A Light of Steel, there were a lot of storylines and characters in that book that were intensely reflective of, of me and my life situation in, in certain ways. And so you have, you know, these characters that are basically, they kind of feel like my children in a way. <laughs> a lot of writers say that. 'Cause I knew I, I I couldn't do a sequel. I tried to write a sequel and I got about halfway through it. So it was about three hundred pages in. And then I realized that, you know, there was so much in the first book that I couldn't really continue it because when I had written it, it was kind of off the cuff and me learning what to do and figuring out the the craft of writing. And so I thought, well, a lot of these ideas that I have in here are not terrible. They're, you know, I, I I'm quite proud of some of the unique, more unique aspects of it. And so I thought, okay, you know, you look at Tolkien, who wrote Lord of the Rings. He started with kind of a mythology and languages for his world. And I know I'm certainly not the first person to try and, you know, quote unquote, imitate Tolkien. But you know, I thought if you're going to do a fantasy book, you should really put this much effort into it. You know, I, I believe that Lord of the Rings for me is my personal favorite story ever written. And so if I'm going to give my contribution to that genre, it has to be huge, it has to be well thought out and have depth to it. And so what I started to do is I wrote some languages they are not as, you know, complex as Tolkien's are, but there's something that I can use as a base. And so after I did that, I created the kind of races of creatures and, and humans and whatnot that speak them. And then I created the, the like regions of the world that this is taking place in. And then I started with a creation mythology. So like how the world was made and whatnot at the moment i'm kind of going through almost like a a greek mythology or a roman mythology where i'm writing all the stories of how the sun was created and and the moon and all these things and you know why it shifts from day to night and all that kind of stuff and and what a what an undertaking so i
0: i imagine it's going to be a while before we see the next book next book in that series are you also parallel writing another book that we we can get
1: sooner yes so i'm writing another book called in river cardinal and it's based on a screenplay another screenplay that i wrote not too long ago a few years ago i i would say um and it's kind of like a not not science fiction it's more of like a thriller elements of science fiction but it's based in the real world this is the main character he gets injected with this medication or something and then he it like unlocks a part of his brain that he can't access or that normal people can't access and so he starts to see things in the world that other people cannot see so it's almost like the the real world that everyone else sees is false or fake. And he is kind of given this little window into what it's actually like. That
0: sounds really, really fascinating. One thing that that I thought was really fascinating is you you basically you list a lot of your work or most of if not all of your work you list on your website. And we'll I'll ask you in a second, I'll ask you what that's all about. But one thing that really caught my eye was not too long ago, maybe maybe it was like a month and a half ago or something. You woke up from a dream and you had this really interesting story in your head and you just immediately started writing it down and it you know it it was really really interesting can you talk a little bit
1: about that so i had a dream and it was sort of nonsensical when i had it or rather it was sensical when i had it but when i woke up it was kind of like what the hell was that and so i i remembered it And I thought to myself, I'm I'm gonna try and remember this. I might write some aspects of it down and so I can do something with it later. And then at the I think it was the next day, it was still like vivid in my head. And so what I did was I I didn't write it down word for word how it happened, but I kind of weaved a story out of certain elements. I made a short story out of it, and then I thought, okay, I'm gonna send this to because my creative writing teacher had told me about this place called Loft, I believe Loft 112, if I remember correctly. And if you submit a short story to them, they can get it put into the Calgary Public Library's short story dispensers. And so I submitted that to them. And they responded and said, "Oh well, this is really great. We're we want to put this in the in the dispenser." And so I got a confirmation back, and then you know that whole process happened. And now that story is available. You know, if you go to those little machines in the library, I believe it's at the central library. They have one, and you press. I think there's like uh one minute, five minute, and twelve minute, or something. Don't quote me on that, but mine is under twelve minutes. So if you press. 12-minute button it could spit out my story for just random people to read you actually got flight of steel and cirrus
0: in in the library didn't you? yes i got all three of them in the library that's that's got to be a rewarding experience to see that the anyone can just go into the library and pull your book out it doesn't have to be you promoting it on
1: social and hoping someone will buy it that's got to be a really great feeling it's it's i went in to find them And I found that they put The Plight of Steel into the children's section, which is funny to me because it's definitely not a children's book. (laughs) And then they put The Recognition, which is the play, they put it into, oh, what was it? It was nonfiction. So as in real. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure it's not real because I came out of my brain. Oh that's hilarious. I'm sure if somebody from the library is listening
0: they'll think about maybe adjusting that. The ne- so the what's the the next book that we're, we should be expecting? What's do you have a title for it? Yes, it's In River Cardinal. In River Cardinal. And how 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 far away do you think you are from that one?
1: I'm thinking it'll be probably around the same length as series and that one took I think it was 6 months. So hopefully if I can, you know, motivate myself to, you know, sit down and right every day. Well, for the audience, if you aren't already attending
0: the mental health event at Community Now magazine, definitely go get your tickets. I'll put a link in the show notes for that. But Tony's going to be there as well. I believe he'll be I have some copies of his books. And then he's also going to be joining me to take some photos and videos of the event. So we'll both be there if you want to join us. It should be an amazing event. One one more thing I wanted to address is your. 3D rendering because so you started working with blender because of a purpose so you know at where i where i work at inception U we we focus a lot on learning how to learn and project-based learning and stuff like that and you're you sort of epitomize that with everything you've done in your life you just decided that you needed something or you wanted to do something and so you just got in there and figured it out and did it and so talk a little bit about the 3D rendering that you did for the basically for this series promotion.
1: Yeah, what I wanted to do was I wanted to create little figurines of some of the characters. And partially because I think that's cool. And then also because it helps me visualize what they look like just to keep descriptions consistent. And so what I did was I thought, okay, well, I kind of use blender to make a short film but what i can do is model things in blender and so i thought okay well i can't i can't model like photo real but i can model well enough to create little kind of stylized cartoony figurines of these characters and so i went in and i made the little heads and the and the torsos and legs and the and the arms and then I put clothes on them and all that stuff. And then I because my dad has a 3d printer, I sent the little STL files over and he printed them. Uh, And then I took them back and I, I painted them. And yeah, and then I used them kind of in the marketing, I had a book signing, uh, a few, a few months ago, I think, where I brought one of them and put Put them on the table beside the book you know it kind of helps people say oh that's interesting there's not a lot of self-published authors that are you know making their characters in little figurine form and and using them to kind of peddle the book so i thought well that's quite unique
0: you know your your skill set doesn't end there you do video editing so everybody knows now you do audio editing but you also do video production and editing it just seems like you know Whatever you put your mind to, you seem to be taking it and owning it and making it happen. So, you know, as your dad, I'm pretty proud of you. But I, I also wanted to showcase you to the world because uh, you're a really interesting guy. And uh, where can where can everybody go to see all of the things that you've been
1: doing? Oh, well, so all of my work is on my website. That's probably the best place to have it all compiled. and that is tony. Deldegan.ca for more, you know, kind of informal, frequent updates. There's always my social media. I have almost all of them. Um, and it's just my name, no spaces, just Tony
0: Deldegan. Well, be sure to put all that stuff in the show notes because I'm sure if people haven't already been following you, I know a lot of my colleagues in the industry are always saying, Oh, what's Tony up to now? I, I saw this thing he posted and blah, 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 which is really cool. But if people are interested in checking out what you're doing, then they can go check out your website and I'll get that in the show notes along with some of the direct links to your, uh, your other books and stuff. Thanks for joining me today, Tony. I really, really appreciate it and I hope you have a great afternoon.
1: Yeah, you too. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Excellent. All right, everyone, tune in next week. Tuesday morning at eight o'clock is when the next show drops and we'll always looking for new hosts, as well as sponsors and new guests. So please feel free to reach out and and we'll get you on the show. Thanks so much. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was brought to you by New Idea Machine. We build great custom software while bridging the gap between education and experience. New Idea Machine makes your ideas real.